still in our necks. <laughs> wants to have a podcast where he talks about horror movies, but, but we gotta cut the brass tacks. No one wants to hear that shit. We want to know you first, man. <laughs> Who is Dylan R. Nix? Why does Dylan R. Nix even love horror? What does the R stand for? Thanks a lot, Dad. My dad's dope. <laughs> hey, he's, uh, all right. he's all right. Yeah, he's just too much credit. He's just fine. But your dad wasn't the relative that helped you get in the horror, was he? No, it was my grandma. Rip. Rip. Yeah, <laughs> he's dead, dude. I he's live. Dead? She's dead. Do you, I don't know, actually, if you know this. Like, I live in her house. You know yeah. that, right? Okay. Yeah. So, like, her bedroom is right across the hall from me. And she's dead. Like. But she's not in there. No. I mean, she could be. But not physically. But, oh, shit. I just heard something move. Fuck that shit. <laughs> Grandma, I love you, but don't. Just stay where you are. She don't like your jokes. Well, didn't. What What happened? Did you. Uh, because I thought whenever you referred to the house you're living in now, you always referred to it as taking over your grandpa's house. So did your grandmother go before your grandfather? Yeah, it's a, actually like a long fucked up story because like my grandmother wasn't really my wasn't really my grandf wasn't really my grandmother like by blood or even by marriage. Her and my grandpa just kind of were like together. Um, like, she wasn't my dad's mom. They were just together for so long. And right at the end, like, when she got sick, by then I was already moved. I had already moved to Maryland, and I met you and everything. And uh, she got sick, and then just some fucked up shit happened, and I guess she, like, wound up leaving. And, uh, like, left my grandfather, I think, kind of, like, fucked up a little bit, like, heartbroken. But he's, like, an old southern guy, so, you know, he wouldn't sh show it, but... uh she left and then died like a couple months later. And then um, my grandfather died on, I think, Black Friday of 2015. And my room that I'm in right now was his bedroom in the room he died in. And uh, uh, so when he, you say he died on Black Friday, he wasn't at, he didn't get trampled out of Walmart trying no. to get good sales. No, he had cancer. Oh. Uh. But he but, didn't uh, have cancer going into going to a Walmart. <laughs> no. Uh, do you imagine? You, got, you, get, you get cancer and you get like a few months to live. And you're like, well, I'm going to go make sure that my grandkids have the best last yeah. Christmas that I'm around. And he gets trampled and killed. 
Um, well, it's, not, it's not that funny, I guess. Now that I think about it. It's kind of funny. Um, anyways, it was well. What was weirder is because like I was always closer growing up with my grandmother, which I'll get to in a minute because I I know the horror stuff. But uh, like when she died, I didn't really like feel anything. I mean, I was a little sad, but I was kind of just okay with it because like we had long talks when she was alive about like death and everything, and it was okay. But uh, it was weird when my grandfather died because like I knew. Like, I was driving home from work, and I had, before going into work that night, I remember thinking, like, I woke up with this weird feeling, and I was just like, he's going to fucking die, like, soon. And then, as I was driving home from work the next morning, my mom called me, and I knew right away. I was like, and she, I remember she picked up the phone, and I said, he's dead, isn't he? And she's like, yeah, so then, um, anyways, uh, but yeah, so now I live in his room, and, uh. It's kind of cool. Anyways. All right. Back to the grandmother. Sorry. Um, yeah. When I was younger, um, like, I think I may have been seven or six or something. Uh, I was watching Pokemon. Like, it was the show I was allowed to watch, like, right before going having to go to bed. And um, it was on a little late, so my parents let me stay up and watch it. But as long as I promised to, like, turn the TV off and shit. Um, and... I finished it, and then just before I turned it off, I just I used to get really scared of being in the dark, so I would just kind of like leave the TV on, but I turned it to something else because I didn't want to watch like a uh, fucking George Lopez or whatever show. And I just happened to turn it to I think it was Spike TV, and Jason uh, Lives Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Jason Lives was on, and it was the very beginning. Like I, I think the first shot I saw was like Tommy's truck speeding down the highway, and then it cuts to like the inside, and they're talking, and then it shows the hockey mask on the seat. And I was just, I remember being this little fucking kid just staring at that, like, oh, what is this? And the music was scary, and I don't know how the fuck I managed to watch it because like I was a little scaredy cat then. And um, I just watched it and watched Tommy, like, bring Jason back to life. And I was just like, what is this? Like, this is so fucking scary and cool. And I just couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I remember, I think I can remember, like, the moment I was hooked was when Jason steps out, puts his mask on, then, like, turns. And uh, it, and then it, like, cut, goes into his eyes. And then it does that James Bond thing which i didn't know was a james bond thing at the time i just thought it was dope and he cuts that he like slices the screen and then the blood says jason lives but i didn't remember that title so then i i think i watched the whole thing but i can't remember after that so i may have turned it off i don't remember i just know like i just remember that main opening part i think i maybe watched the whole thing but i can't be sure um but the next day I didn't want to tell my parents that I'd been up late, so I went over across the street and told my grandmother, who was, like, one of my bestest friends, um, just because she was really into video games and, like, would play video games, and um, we would watch, like, shows together sometimes and whatever. And so I went over there, and uh, she was sitting outside, I think, smoking on the front porch like she always did, and I told her, described to her what I saw, and she was like, oh, yeah, that's Jason Voorhees, and... Friday the 13th, and she just told me the whole story, and what was cool is I remember her telling it to me as if it was, like, a campfire story. So it wasn't like, oh, these are what the movies are about. It's like, oh, this is the story of Jason Voorhees. He was, you know, a deformed boy, and yada, 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 his mama, and everything. 
And so with that, I think like a few weeks later, I begged my parents to like help me find the first Friday 13th movie or even any of them. And we went to the public library, rented the very first Friday 13th movie on VHS. And then my dad and me watched it like that afternoon. And from that moment, like I was just fucking hooked. I remember the scene when Kevin Bacon gets stabbed through the neck. That shit scared the fuck out of me. And for like, I I don't want to exaggerate, but I know for like at least like a week straight, I would sleep with my remote control or a book underneath my neck as I slept. I'm not, even, I'm not, not a lie. Like I remember that distinctly. No, no, dude, that, that's so funny. Just cause, just because I don't want to forget it. When I was around probably that age as well, I saw a, like a preview or a commercial for the upcoming, like I'm pretty sure it was an X-Files episode. And it was a shot from the ceiling on top of like a little boy in his bed. He had the covers like under his arms and all of a sudden he was pulled away. The camera never moved, but you could tell something grabbed him by his ankles and pulled him out of the frame. And because of that, no bullshit. I slept on my stomach with my feet up. Picture that my on my stomach with my feet, my, the palms of my eyes. I swear to God, the bottoms of my feet facing the ceiling because I didn't want so like as if whatever it was, couldn't get me anyway. I would have my legs would be straining. It would hurt so bad. And I would literally do that until I got so tired. I would fall asleep and then my legs would just collapse. So it's so interesting that we both have such stupid stories based off of something that we've seen. Uh, We've never, by the way, we've never talked about that relating to that. I've only told, I've only told that to a few people. I told it to my wife and maybe, Man, I don't even know. I know I told you to my wife, but that is very interesting that you have like a remote control behind the next story, and I have a uh, feet to the ceiling story because I thought aliens would get me. I've always been big into aliens. That's why I have an alien tattoo. Like on my, that's one of my favorite tattoos. But uh, Dude, I, I remember like back when the maybe it was sci-fi or something they used to show like alien documentaries, and I remember one was fucking horrifying where it showed like a alien like green aliens coming into a home at night and like the lights and shit dude that shit fucking scared the like aliens i'm still fascinated by aliens aliens like i would draw so many pictures of the same looking alien head and that's like what i did when i gave it to my tattoo artist just because i was so obsessed with aliens another question i want to go back to when you uh watched that went back and rented that very first friday 13th were you disappointed or anything in the fact that Jason wasn't in it, essentially, for the most part? Like, that hockey mask guy that you no. saw? You weren't? No. I remember being, like, confused, because I, I I guess I had forgotten that part about what... No, actually... Hold on. No, now that I remember it, I think I knew it, so I knew he wasn't going to be in it. Like, okay. So that was one thing. Like, it was spoiled for me. Like What about the me- ending? Uh, I don't remember. Gotcha. I don't remember. I just remember knowing it, it was weird because, you know, you're a little kid. So like you're, you know, I remember my grandma telling me that it was, uh, the mom in the first one. And then even my dad was like, you know, Jason's not in this one. Um, but I still remember watching it and thinking like they were lying or maybe they were wrong and like kept thinking Jason would show up. Or I think I was still young enough to maybe think like, it was still Jason doing. It. I don't know. I just remember really liking it, 
being scared, but also like, dude, I just was so fucking in love. Like, I just, I was hooked. And then it was a long time before I finally got to see all of them. Like, I think the next one, no joke after that, I think the next one I saw was Jason X. And I think it's because my cousin Keith had it on DVD, and I think I just watched it. Um, and then I don't remember after that. Eventually, I finally got to see Jason Lives again. Um, and then I remember the one I didn't see for the longest time was, I think, part f- four. Because I remember I could never get my hand because, you know, back then we didn't have fucking even though that was early 2000s. I didn't have uh, we had Blockbuster. We had we we didn't have streaming or anything else. So um, I would either have to find the movies at the public library or Blockbuster. But a lot of the time I remember every time I went to Blockbuster, I would look and they'd only have like a few Freddy movies, a few Jason movies. They wouldn't have all of them. Um. And I remember, I think I had seen all of them except like the fourth one, Freddy versus Jason hadn't come out yet, I don't think, or maybe it had, but I wouldn't watch it because of Freddy. Um, and so I kept looking for part four because I hadn't seen it. And then one, I remember I used to get really excited around Halloween time because was it A&E or AMC? AMC would run, AMC. Like, run like the slasher October fests. And I would get so pumped because like that was my chance to watch all of them. And I remember catching part four one day. It was on. And I only got to see like half of it, though, because I either had to go to school or I was in Boy Scouts or something happened. So I got to see the opening of like Jason at the hospital killing people. And I was so pumped because I'd finally, you know, like I saw part three when he gets. uh, Is it the axe or in the head? Yeah, the axe in the head in the barn. And then part four starts with that, like, ambulance putting him in the ambulance and taking him to the hospital. I'm pretty sure that's, yeah. And uh, I, I was, it was just such a fucking magical time. Like, I would get so pumped every October when I'd see that AMC October movie marathon come on. Going to Blockbuster. Dude, I, like, walking past the fucking Freddy VHS tapes would scare the shit out of me, particularly part two. Um, just his fucking face on the thing was, it was uh, um, and then I just have like the cover of part two. Yeah, it's one where it's like some random. It's like a purple, like like purplish, and then it's Freddy, you know, with a fucking face. It's, and so it's there's not a random the, it's, house. So it's not the main cover of part two where like it's like the guy and the girl embracing, hugging. No. No. Yeah. Okay. I got you. It was, it was some. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the digitally enhanced gotcha. VHS tape covers that they did. Um. And then same with the first one. The which you know the story of, but that fucking Freddy Krueger just I avoided like the plague. Um. Well, until first, fi- first you. I mean, you have to. I mean, it's so cool that like the fact that your first introduction is this is my personal favorite entry in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. That opening. To part six, Jason lives. It's so so awesome. Like that's my that's my favorite one to go and rewatch. So that being your like starting point, <clears throat> that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's usually when you talk like when you talk to fans and you and I have discussed this. Like 
part four, part six is usually everyone's fan favorite of the Jason series. So it is pretty, I think it's pretty fucking cool that my favorite one too also happens to be the first one I ever saw. Um, and then my mom, as I got older, now I'm in like middle school, I think, um, I'm a video store opened up right near my house called Broadway video. And my mom got a job there. And I remember every so often I'd get to go up there and just chill with her and like walk through the horror aisle, dude. And fucking, I could just take home as many tapes as I wanted. And I would always grab part six. And I remember the VHS like tape with the blue back cover that has a picture of Tommy and Jason fighting in the fire on the lake. And, um, they had another tape, the boogeyman tape where it has like a bunch of clips from all the slasher movies. And I would never get it because it had Freddy on it. So I said, fuck that. And it had Pinhead on it. So it would also be like, fuck that. But um, I think at that time, though, I still hadn't even like I I watched all the Halloweens and all the Friday 13th movies. And that was actually kind of it at that during that time, the Broadway video time. I still hadn't seen the Freddy movies. It fucking scared me. I couldn't even look at the Freddy versus Jason poster. Um, I remember there being a huge like display end cap of. Uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare and I couldn't look at that but I had seen all the Jason movies all the Halloweens I fucking love those especially part four um that's when I would rent a lot too or when it was on AMC that was when I knew it was like a fucking October um well what's the story with uh Freddy didn't you actually man up at one point and try to face your fear of Freddy and ask for a Freddy uh VHS or DVD one Christmas yeah yeah and uh i no so what happened was i was you know obviously in love with jason and i was seeing all these and then i kept hearing about freddie and like my mom was like oh he's the scariest of them all and blah 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 <laughs> and then my grandmother of course what was cool is my grandmother would tell me about like new like well you should ch- if you like that you should check out this one and she'd tell me about it and i would just get pumped i'd be like oh that sounds so fucking cool um so finally, one Christmas, I don't know how old I was. I was young, though. Maybe like a year or two after I first stumbled upon Jason Lives. Um, I asked my parents for like some horror movies, particularly a Freddy movie. Um, and also, you're young, so you don't really care what order you get them in. Where, you know, whereas now we'd be like, hey, I need part one. Or... So I was just like, oh, a Jason movie and a Freddy movie. So I remember that Christmas I got nightmare on elm street part one and jason x on dvd (laughs) um and i dude i was so fucking excited that's like one of my favorite christmas gifts i've ever gotten even though what happened next uh that morning we had a great christmas morning we always wake up early we had breakfast and then obviously i wanted to run into the room and start watching them and uh i made and dude fucking nightmare did a number on me I'm sitting there scared, even though it's bright daylight out Christmas morning, one of the happiest days of the year. And it got to the scene where Johnny Depp got sucked into that bed and blood splurted out. And I screamed and I was petrified. I I immediately jumped up, ran over to my DVD slash VHS combo player, popped the fucking movie out, put it in the disc, which um, was one of the digitally enhanced DVDs. So it had like a fucking freaky cover with Jason or with Freddie staring right at you. Uh took that motherfucker and threw it behind my bureau and then i could not sleep for like through a solid night for uh, at least a month i could not stop fucking thinking of getting sucked into the bed and all that blood spurting out 
Is a bureau um, a thing with that has a mirror on it? What? Is a bureau a thing that has a mirror on it? Yeah, uh, a dresser. Oh, so do you think that maybe you throwing that behind that affected the way that you look at yourself and the way that you dress because you never wanted to go in front of a mirror again? What? You know how you... Fuck off. (laughs) Fuck off. Um, Well, if you... Well, okay, being serious... No, it didn't have a mirror. (laughs) But being serious, you made it pretty far into the movie, though. Because that opens... I know. I mean, pretty early in, that's that scene where he's walking through the alley, the arms are stretched. That's Freddy at... Debatably at his scariest between one and two. So you made it all the way until you're finally like he got sucked through the bed to where you were like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, I know. But, uh, and I remember that was scared. Dude, like I said, I was scared. And it was funny because when I finally got the courage to watch the movie, you know, years later, I realized like, oh, fuck, I did make it far into this thing. But all I could remember is I do remember his arms stretching out like that and that's scaring me. But it was mainly that that bed scene that's that's all wow. i can remember of freddy um wow that's all i and i just i couldn't do it so it sat behind my bureau or dresser or whatever the fuck you want to call it mm-hmm. for like years i'm not exact like it, years <laughs> it just said i was so afraid to see that cover with freddy's face on it i i just couldn't do it and then when freddy versus jason came out i remember i couldn't look at the fucking like I just, oh, dude. When Freddy versus Jason came out? Yeah. So 2003. So I was in third grade, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So uh, I couldn't couldn't do it. But then I think it was fifth grade. I finally said I, I grew up some and I wasn't scared anymore. And I was like, you know what? I've seen all the Jason movies. I can't look at Freddy. But Freddy versus Jason, I was like, I need to see it. So I finally... My mom rented it from Broadway Video, um, and she brought it home, and me and my brother Cody watched it, my younger brother, and I fucking remember how cruel it was, because I was like, okay, we're going to watch Freddy vs. Jason, and I pulled the DVD out, and of course, the fucking DVD that has the movie on it, because it was a two-disc combo. Two-disc, yeah. The first, the fucking DVD one, has Freddy's eyes staring right at you on the motherfucker. Uh Uh-huh. So that alone, like, I remember, like, <laughs> hyperventilating and shit. Damn. Um, yeah, dude, it wasn't, it was, I was straight up fucking terrified, but I, I popped it in. Me and my brother watched it, and I actually, within the first, like, ten minutes, I wasn't afraid of Freddy anymore. Like, because they do that whole intro, and they kind of, like, recap the last movies, and they show the, oh, with one exception, they show the, 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 blood volcano in the bed oh and yeah that's right i remember i had to look away but other than that i was like oh all right and then so so you think freddie talking in the beginning where he's introducing you like now i go back like my children i go back to my children my children come home or whatever it was yeah. that was kind of like you like okay he's just talking and like you got eased back into it and you weren't afraid anymore yeah other than the block dude i couldn't look at the even um like, finally, I got around to after, because I love Freddy vs. Jason, obviously. I finally watched all of the Freddy movies, but it's even still, when I watched that first one again, I finally pulled it out from behind my dresser, and I couldn't look at the cover, 
and I couldn't, and I had to like close my eyes and uh, cover my ears when that that Johnny Depp scene came up. It just was so traumatizing. But now I can watch it. You know, it doesn't. To this day, though, you still hate blood volcanoes. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it kind of crazy how they did that scene, where someone like they almost electrocuted people on the set? <laughs> Yeah. You remember reading about or seeing that? I mean, it fucking paid off because. I mean, for those who don't know, dead, for but... those who don't know what we're talking about, the room was they did the room upside down, right? Is that correct? Yeah. The room was built the upside down. Wes Craven, down. the camera operator, and maybe like maybe it's just those two. I can't remember. They were like literally fucking um, like seat belted or attached to like chairs with the camera rig. Yeah. on a room that fucking rotated so like as so the actress or i'm sorry it wasn't an actress they well they used it too with tina's death that's right when she's on the roof the room spin yeah, yeah 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 yeah. so they did that too but uh with johnny depp's bed yeah they just fucking f- turned the yeah. room over and so when you see that shit. yeah when you see that 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 blood or that mixture or whatever is actually they're it's pouring down into onto the ceiling as opposed to there's no traption like traption like shooting it up <laughs> contraption remember that book i just sent you the the robert england memoir yeah he actually talks about that like that day of filming and that filming that scene in the oh in, wow and he talks about like i think how the first time they fucked up and blood just went everywhere like all over the camera i, th- I think i i haven't read i read i read it like once but uh and I remember, I think he says, like, him and um, Heather Langenkamp, who played Nancy, like, just ran, like, ran off the set because yeah. they knew tempers were going to be high or something. Dylan recent set, recently sent me for my birthday uh, Robert England's biography, which I was really excited about. And he also, uh, they touch on it in uh, the, the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary, which is also really good. What was it called again? Do you, Never, Never Sleep, Sleep Again. again. Never Sleep Again. I got it in a double Blu-ray thing with uh, Camp Crystal Lake Memories or whatever. But uh, I really just, gotta rewatch that. Yeah, yeah, same. By the way, they're both amazing. But that uh, the Friday thir- the Camp Crystal Lake Memories is so great just to watch in parts. Like you can just watch how they did the very first one, stop it, then come back and watch the second. I mean, I think that's how I did it the first time I watched it. I had to split it up a little bit. <clears throat> But uh, just to get caught up with you here, when I was young, my first introduction into it, uh, I ver- I knew very little about Jason. I'm a little bit older than Dylan, but I, I knew my introduction was uh, three particularly. It was Chucky, it was Jaws, and it was Leprechaun quite the tr- quite the trio but that's just so like my mom worked at a like at a like a bar growing up so i would wait for her to get home so i would watch uh late night tv and i would watch like celebrity death match and i would wait for her to get home i remember that show so i would switch channels sometimes i don't know if it was, like when i would switch channels and sometimes i would just so happen to stumble across like the worst like chucky for whatever reason when i was a kid just got me i was really afraid of him i had nightmares about him uh leprechaun i wasn't as afraid of i was kind of curious about 
but Jaws was the first one that I really watched as a kid, which is really weird if you know me now, which we might get into at a later date, because I I have a weird fear to this day about sharks. That's my that's my thing. Water, underwater, shark stuff. That's really it's my tough. number one fear as well, but I kind of uh, <sighs> like I haven't. I really love shark movies, except it's, Sharknado. Fuck that. But yeah, that's that's. I love like cheap thing. shark movies because that's like that's so fucking terrifying of not knowing. Ugh, dude, like just Jaws, this fucking water, and then just not knowing what's below it. Fuck it. That scene in Jaws, what what was it? Not the opening scene of that that the chick going out there. They don't. I don't think they really show the shark in that. They don't show Bruce no. yet. They show no. the shark in that. But they make, with the ambiance and the music and the camera cuts and everything that they do, they make it feel like that thing is right there and it is dangerous, which it is. They, The storytelling. I remember Jaws, that scene when the little boy gets eaten. Fuck, that's that fuck. That, I don't go to the ocean for that reason. And I live in Florida. Boy. And how good, like, I know we're kind of diving into just particularly Jaws here, but... First of all, how good was that actress who played the mother when she just like like was going off because her son and you really felt that her son was eaten by the shark and you guys are not doing like enough for this. I don't I don't like when animals die in movies. I didn't like I, a dog got eaten in that if I remember correctly. Yeah. Pippin. And it's so weird that I've watched this movie so many times as a child and I'm going I this is weird I'm going off memories of this movie from when I was a kid. I have not watched Jaws in probably over 15 years. <laughs> I like rewatch it every summer. I'm ready to rewatch it and I will rewatch it. But that was my thing. I would have nightmares about Jaws and nightmares about Chucky quite often. That was my introduction. And also I'm a huge professional wrestling fan. I have in my entire life and I would get pro wrestling magazines. And I don't know if anyone remembers this, or if this is relatable at all, but sometimes in some of the wrestling magazines that I got, there would be one or two pages of just uh, horror. Like, it was, like, promoting... It might have been promoting Fangoria magazine, or, like, here... Like, you remember when magazines had the little tabs that you would rip out, and if you wanted a subscription, like, you're, like you you write your name and your information, and you had to send it in. I know this makes me sound old, but uh, you'd have to send it in. It's like, here's your uh, subscription to Fangoria. But it would show you show me multiple pictures, so I would see Hellraiser, and I would see the uh, blood volcano from Nightmare, and I grew up with a deep attraction to Freddy, Jason, and Hellraiser. Although I didn't actually sit down and watch these movies in full until way later in life, but I had this attraction to these horror characters. I don't know what it was, just visually. And there, it was a stigma. It was an aura about these characters I was so attracted to. And just fast-forwarding a little bit, a little bit too far, but I worked at a Toys R Us eventually, and we would get the NECA figures. And every time we would get Freddy or Jason or any of these figures, I wanted them so badly. But I also felt like, I can't buy this. I haven't even, I don't know enough. I haven't seen this. Like, I'm like... I don't know nothing about that scene on my shelf. I'm like, which one's your favorite movie? And I was like, I, I don't, I don't know. So I just never, never bought them. So that's kind of where I'm at with, with it. So I guess where do we leave off with 
with you there. Like once you finally, it was Freddy versus Jason. You got the, you got over your fear with Jason. Now after that was a pretty much smooth sailing. There was no like, okay, I'm not going to be. There's no more um, tossing DVDs behind the bureau anymore. <laughs> no, Freddy was always the the one. Well, jo- like like you were saying, Jaws fucked me up. Like I really won't go in the ocean past my waist, and that's yeah, that's tough to get me there. Even though I live in Florida, like I love the ocean. I love being out on the water, like in a boat. That doesn't freak me out. And it's weird because I also like sharks. Like I like watching videos of them. And same. Why like, is it so weird? I I have a fascination of sharks. I it's, think it's because of Jaws, <laughs> but I'm yeah. terrified. But when you yeah, like if you put me in a body, even a lake. I go swimming every summer in a lake, and it's beautiful. And it's there's nothing. I know there's nothing in there. But if I'm out there by myself or if it suddenly like gets cloudy and the water's just dark and you can't fucking see, even though that lake's clear as shit, like oh. uh, I start getting close to shore and um, and I'm a grown ass man. But um, yeah, well. so no, it was Jaws and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, particularly just the blood volcano that I don't know why, but you know what it was? I think it was the blood volcano, but then also the music. If you listen to that music during that scene. Something about it, I can remember. I I can close my eyes now and remember seeing that for the first time, and just that music. And I remember screaming because I just felt like I couldn't contain what like fear. I couldn't contain it. It was just ah! and just. But no, after that, after I finally got around to watching Freddy vs. Jason and going back and watching all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, it took me a while to get past that blood volcano scene, but. Now, Hellraiser was a little bit, but I also thought the movie kind of was like, I thought the story was weird and kind of slow, so it didn't really scare me too bad. Um, and then the sequels were all kind of cheap, so that they, they didn't scare me. Um, and then I've got two funny little stories. Um, I remember before I saw, before I got over my Freddy fear, um, remember I had said that I got Jason X for Christmas as well. Right. Well... I would watch the shit out of that one because it was the only Jason movie I owned on DVD. At that time, the script just scared the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, at the time, like, I didn't you think... Threw it, you threw it behind the bureau and you're like, fuck the script. Yeah. Fuck! No, at the time, I thought it was cool. I mean, I'm a little kid who just discovered horror movies and, like, doesn't know what's, you know, you know, what's bad, what's good. What I just know, hey, it has Jason in it and he looks fucking cool as shit. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't seen them all yet, so I didn't care. Like, it was a Jason movie, and it was mine. Like, I remember I would look at that – I had the DVD, and I would look at that cover, like, all the fucking time just because I was like, this is mine. Like, Anyways, um, on that DVD specifically, there's a behind-the-scenes featurette, which I have maybe seen in my lifetime quite over, like, 100 times or more. It's called The Many Faces of Jason Voorhees. It's, like, 30 minutes long. And I think I watched that more than I actually watched Jason X because they were just talk. That was like um, watching that behind the scenes special feature is specifically one of the things that got me into like wanting to make movies, specifically horror movies, because they would kind of show behind the scenes, but they would also just talk about like the history of the franchise. And then they'd also kind of talk a little bit about like the history of uh, horror movies in the 80s. And they would show clips of like Leatherface and Michael Myers and Freddy, 
um, and a bunch of others. And it would just get me so pumped to go and watch all of those. So it was always just kind of like there's another, you know, Jason's not the only horror movie character out there. There's this one. In the, and uh, and there's also all these other different Jason movies, too. Um, and it had interviews with like, uh, oh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Uh, Joe, Joe Bob Briggs or the the host of um, oh I'm sorry as a horror fan I should know this but I still haven't seen that show The Last Drive-In with I think it's Joe Bob Briggs but uh, they'd also have Adam Marcus who directed Jason Goes to Hell uh, Sean Cunningham and I think it's on YouTube so you don't have to have the DVD to watch it but that also was a big major like influence on me wanting to make horror movies but also as like a horror fan and then uh lastly i remember one of the other influences my grandmother had on me she kept telling me i asked her nanny what was the scariest horror movie you've ever seen and she told me the texas chainsaw massacre the original the 1974 right. toby hooper one and i didn't have that one but i forget how I came across it, but somehow I got a copy of the 2000. Oh, that's what down in Florida and in the South, we have Winn Dixie. It's a, you know, grocery store and they used to sell and they sell movies. What? Well, what? I thought you were going to say it was a gay club. Go on. <laughs> and, uh, they sell movies. And I remember I walked in there one like October and they had the two disc special edition of the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. With like oh, a collectible, boy. with a collectible like tin of Leatherface and oh, oh wow! So I bought that and watched it, and that instantly became one of my favorite fucking horror movies ever. And then it only got me even more pumped to watch the original because, especially after my grandmother said, "Oh, it's the scariest movie she'd ever seen," and um, I couldn't find it at Blockbuster, I couldn't find it at the public library. Finally, and this is a memory that sticks out to me too. Um, I had just gotten into the Saw series as well. I was older now, sometime in middle school. Um, and I had just bought Saw 2, and I found the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre at a pawn shop. And me and my mom literally left the pawn shop and then took a road trip to visit my aunt in Georgia. And I watched Saw 2 in the car on the way there because I was so hyped to like watch the Saw movies. And then when I got there, they were you know doing their thing chatting so i went into the spare bedroom and laid on the bottom bunk and i watched uh the original texas chainsaw massacre on a little laptop and i remember like n like thinking did i have the wrong movie why is this so fucking funny like my grandmother said this is the scariest movie she's ever seen and i'm sitting here like almost laughing my head off uh. and uh i went back and i was just like nanny you said this was the scariest movie ever and i it was it wasn't scary at all. And she's like, well, back in my day, that shit scared the hell out of me when Leatherface pops out of the fucking woods and chainsaws the guy in the wheelchair. And I, it was just funny. Cause, uh, like I thought the remake was scarier. And so that, that also played a big part though. Like me just, wow. even though I didn't, even though I thought it was funny, the, the original, I still loved Leatherface. I still thought it was so cool. And, like I said, that remake, and you like it too, and I'll, you know, I'm sure. Oh you have yeah, some. we we both we both are uh, 
very it's the best fun. Leatherface movie. Yeah, it, it's so it's so good. I know I don't I I assume we're in the minority here, but you and I like I really love that 2003 remake of Jessica Biel. I think it's so good, and it captures a uncomfortability that the first one kind of had. You were uncomfortable. You were something. You're like there's a little something that you, it was just off. Like I, I don't know. You felt like it's tough to explain, but I thought it captured something, and I I really think that's one of the best remakes just in general. Mm-hmm. And we're also I know we're jumping around a little bit now, but just because it's on my mind, we're also I think in a big minority that likes the child's play remake that just happened in yeah. the past year or so. I thought that was awesome. I think yeah. we're in the I think we're uh all aboard with everybody else when we say the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Sucks. We're not we, yeah, we're not having it. But once again, we might be back in the minority again because we both like the reboot re uh the reboot of Friday the 13th in 2009 with plenty of issues that we could talk about but for the most part we we know we you and i both love Derek mears well i also really like marcus uh nispel or nispel however you want to pronounce it he's the director of the 2003 texas chainsaw massacre as well as the friday 13th reboot and um i mean i think that i think that's i think he's i think he's a really good director he hasn't done much um but I think the remake, what the for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie was his first feature. Um, he'd done music videos before that, and that movie, again with special features, that DVD to this set had a behind the scenes making of that I probably watched again, like just as many or more times than the actual movie because it showed the making of, and it was like an hour and a half long, right. and it had him talking about like director and how he directed certain scenes and how he wanted the lighting to look. And dude, that's when I, that's when I knew I wanted to be a director watching that fucking feature over and over and watching like that, you know, the guy dressing up as Leatherface, like joke around with the cast and everyone sitting around and then, you know, doing all these cool makeup effects and messing around with lighting and finding these cool locations. I, I was hooked. Well, we should we should bring that up without getting to have ourselves with some of the movies that we're listening. What we should bring up now is, Dylan is a director. Um, we met. Kind of. No, he is. He is. And anyone who sees his work will agree. Dylan is a director. He has stuff on Amazon Prime. We'll plug it at the end. But Dylan and I actually um, kind of became close because I wouldn't say we met on a project because that's not the case, but we got to know each other and kind of uh, because of our friendship probably moved a certain project along called Sickos. And work together. So Dylan has created things. You can watch. Uh, well, I guess we'll plug it out at the end. But he's done multiple things. And so when he says stuff that inspired him, that's what he's saying. It's just so we get people a little bit caught up. Dylan is a creator, a director, a writer. Uh, every Everything you can think of, the guy does it. That's why he's mentioning things that inspired him and stuff like that. So definitely, we should probably, probably should have brought that up sooner. But... Here we go. We'll plug the stuff at the end when you wanna when you wanna watch it. But I mean, what else can we like bring up to really? I mean, we let them know some like I want to give people an idea of like where we're coming from, what we like. I think 
obviously mentioning our stories from childhood was important. I think mentioning certain remakes that we like that some other people didn't like, I think tells a lot. I think that's important to get out of the way because it's like, here's where we're coming from. We we may like. Yeah, we're not stuff. saying we're not saying like the Friday Thirteenth remake is perfect, but and we'll probably no. we'll probably have a podcast later on down the road where we watch that one and talk about it. But uh, it's got its fault, but it's still like it's it's for the fans. Whereas I feel like with the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot, that was just for cash. I mean, they're both you know more or less just for cash, but. I felt like the people behind the Friday Thirteenth reboot actually cared to service the fans, whereas Nightmare on Elm Street, it was just, uh, all right, now we're gonna do Freddy. Well, you even had an actress in the movie oh, who yeah. was kind of disparaging, uh, you know, to begin with. Who like? It's did, rumored, part, yeah, yeah. That, it's rumored, yeah. We don't want to like trash some actress who we don't, we don't know, like we don't know shit besides what we read, but apparently was upset that she got the part, which just sucks to hear from guys, you know, people like us. That's like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, you know how many women who are probably dying for that part or like, no pun intended, uh, that like would, would have loved that or needed that, who would have like lived off that or would have been like, even to this day would have been able to look back and like think highly of that. Like, Hey, well, at least I got to be in a nightmare on Elm street movie. And then there's someone who just doesn't appreciate it. But and even like then, I, said, I can still find kind things to say about the reboot. Um, and that's that's one thing I admire about like my friendship with you is that it's very genuine. We don't, we you know, we're we always kid each other a lot. We don't have a lot of heart to hearts, but like genuinely, it's awesome to have a friend that. Because when I first met you, you weren't into horror, like as 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 big as as much as I was or am. No, I guess I should at least quickly kind of like touch on that like i told you about how i was infatuated with these characters and the things i watched as a kid but it wasn't until later i had just moved into a very very small and this is dylan this is one of my one of the few places that i've owned that dylan has not been able to visit me because i was only there for like six months uh we were just i just moved in with my uh i was a newlywed with my wife in this small studio apartment and we had, it was during this time where we were just getting cable and internet and stuff set up. So we had nothing. So I went to FYE and we found all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies in one set. I was like, this is the chance to finally sit down and do this. And I put that first movie in and it was a wrap. It was game over. Freddy was, I. it's like he'd already been my guy. I'd always like, had this like, attraction to this character, the look and the aura. And now I was just all in. Wiped through all those movies, went back, got the night uh, Friday Thirteenth, wiped through that. Uh, later, I had moved to Philadelphia. Dylan came to visit me then. I watched the remake of It first, actually, and then Dylan showed up the next day. And then I watched the original It, which Dylan fell asleep during. Which this is the one time I can't, <laughs> I cannot blame him. By the way, Dylan has a thing for falling asleep during anything you ever watch with him. He actually took two naps in this podcast, but I didn't call it out. Uh, <laughs> I, but I watched both. It's uh, it was just it was just game on. And then Freddy's my guy, but also Ash. I, we can just talk forever about that guy. Uh, I love Army of Darkness. 
so much. I love Evil Dead 2 so much. I think Dylan would probably lean towards uh, just the original Evil Dead. But I love, I grew up on comedies, and I grew up in, like, Ash vs. Evil Dead is one of my favorite series of all time. Like, I am 100% in it now. I have a room downstairs, like a horror bar. So this, yeah, it, it grasped me a little bit later in life, but we are both 100% in it now just to catch everybody up on where we currently are. Or, I mean, I guess we wouldn't need that. We were, here we are on this horror-type podcast talking about it. So why else? But, yeah, that's that's roughly a, you know, a pretty good intro to our stories, to how we're here now talking on what we want to be a regular podcast because i mean dude this is so much fun like we actually like got to like learn a little bit of shit mm-hmm. joke around stuff i didn't know about you yeah is i the uh, how we like dylan and I, like dylan is one of my best friends in this world and the fact that he has a re- he put a remote control behind his neck so he wouldn't get stabbed by jason and i slept with my feet towards the sky so an alien wouldn't take me away <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty relatable so I think that's uh that's really cool and I want to continue like Dylan Dylan's not a drinker by the way. I am. I'll be drinking probably for all of these episodes. Dylan actually made himself a little drink, but Dylan uh Dylan had a bottle of Jack Daniels. And like I said, he's not a drinker. So he managed to get one drink down by taking sips and then putting more Pepsi in, taking sips, putting more Pepsi in, but he got it down. And that means a lot to me. He managed it down. I'm about four vodka Red Bulls deep, but that's kind of how it usually goes. So it's uh, yeah, it's been a dope because uh, we haven't been. I mean, relatively speaking, we haven't been friends too long. I think we just made five years or maybe six years, something like that. And uh, yeah, long, we long met time and if you think about it, but. I mean, yes, but I'm just saying, you know, life-wise, it hasn't been too long. But, right. I mean, you're easily, like, one of the best friends I've ever had. Uh, we've worked on stuff creatively. That's kind of how, you know, we met, like, at the, I got a job at Toys R Us, and we met there. And we just we just picked up on each other's, like, I think it was our, our, our humor, like, our is what kind of drew us together because – I would pick up on a, a bit you were doing, like a comedy bit, and I would just kind of play off that. And um, from there, then we learned that, like, you had your E-Effect Weeklies, which are some YouTube skits that Jeff used to do. And um, I had some stupid little shorts that I had done and whatever. So we we started talking about to do a project, and that's what our first short film together was called Sickos. It's 40 minutes long. And – uh he wound up meeting his now wife on uh, while making that, even though they had known each other, I guess, when they were younger. They met again <laughs> through – I hired an actor who was from Los Angeles, I believe, or maybe Maryland originally, but he had moved to Los Angeles and then came back. And through him, hiring him is how – so it's just been a crazy story after that because then we tried making another movie, which – We've talked about extensively uh, in a documentary that's Amazon Prime called Scary Doesn't Really Matter. So if you like us and you want to hear, learn a little bit more about us, that's on Amazon Prime. Scary Doesn't Really Matter. Um, And we've made some other stuff, too, along the way. And unfortunately, 
now I live in Florida and um, Jeff lives in Maryland, but who knows, maybe we'll live to closer to each other at some point, but uh, we really want this podcast to be a way for us to not only talk to each other about shit that we love and shit that makes us happy, but also just, I don't know, like we just have such a dope friendship and like creative uh, connection. Like I've never had a writing partner like Jeff. We can just come up with a bit or we've come up with entire uh, like screenplays for movies within like two to three hours just while hanging out at each other's houses or something. It's and, very, yeah, it's very interesting. I guess the, lo- the long and short of it is two guys meet working in a retail store and it's not often that you meet. So it's like where you're talking and you like, I do bits with everybody. I joke. I, the way I figure out if I'm going to like you or not, as I do a bit with you, probably bust your balls a little bit. I see how you can take it. And then I'll see if we're going to drive or not. He would riff back, throw jokes back, and there was instant chemistry. And then it's really weird that it's like, yeah, I actually make some YouTube videos. And it's like, I write scripts and I make short films. It's like, wait, what? We meet up together and I'm showing him my videos. He, he's showing me his. Next thing you know, we're making things together. We're talking on the phone. I'm not a big on-the-phone talker, but we will talk for hours and come up with skits and scripts and movies and all, all these things. And... We've lived in Maryland together. We lived in Florida together. He's visited me when I lived in Philadelphia and Florida. I mean, we it's a it's a very interesting thing. And now we have this podcast, hopefully, that we can keep as a regular thing. And hopefully this, this chemistry and the things that we like shine through. And it's kind of interesting to listen to. And it gives us a reason to talk to each other and catch up with each other and you know, kill two birds with one stone, like be creative, which we both love to do together as well as catch up and talk to each other, which we love to do. And so, watch horror movies and watch horror movies. But that's a big, I mean, that's, that's kind of the through line to all this. We're using that as like a catalyst to, you know, do this and do these podcasts and we want to keep doing them. So hopefully, I mean, we've done multiple tests and, uh, Hopefully we stumbled on something here, and I don't know if we said it yet, but uh, this voice you hear right now, I'm Jeff, Jeff Hart, the Hart part. Uh, I'm talking to Dylan Nix. That's why it's Hart and Nix. I know there was no formal introduction. We I just wanted to get into it kind of naturally and organically, which I think we did. I know we're a little bit all over the map. We'll fix things. Things will continue to get better. Uh, audio will continue to get better. Uh, you know, I'll... I'll do whatever it is, spend the money to get better equipment, whatever it may be. But this is, I mean, this was awesome. I mean, we're at an hour now. This is about when I wanted to do a test, and it kind of flew by so naturally. This is the best test we've done yet. And, uh, I mean, I hope it sticks. This was a lot of fun. I mean, I think we covered anything. I think that right there was enough to kind of introduce us to you, the audience, potential audience at the very least. And... Don, if you just wanted to at least like plug all the stuff that we were talking about one more time and exactly where to find each one of those things. And I'm talking, by the way, when I listed all of Dylan's attributes, I didn't say author as well. So introduce everything, current stuff, whatever, just toss everything out there. This is all you. Yeah. Um, all right. Real quick. Uh, if you go to YouTube, look up Archico Productions. That's my production company. 
Um, you can find all the short films that I've done there as well as, uh, um, you know, stuff I've done with Jeff, uh, as well as some features. Our first feature that we did is on there. It's also on Amazon prime completely free. If you're a prime user, um, the documentary about the making of that is on prime as well called scary. Doesn't really matter. Our first feature is called Baron von Laffo's Halloween spookathon. Um, the first short we did is called Sickos, the very first ones. That's all on YouTube under Archico Productions. Uh, Instagram, if you follow us at, at Archico Productions, um, we're working on a new movie right now called The Things We Bloom. Uh, I also have a horror anthology series called Sharp Candy on Amazon Prime as well. It's also free on my YouTube channel, uh, which Sharp Candy is actually a book series I'm working on kind of like an adult goosebumps sort of thing. So that's uh, right now up on book five. I have 20 total planned and a bunch of other sharp candy stuff on the way. So if you just uh, search on Amazon, Dylan Nix or Dylan R. Nix or sharp candy, I'm sure all of those fun things will pop up. Um, and then lastly on Instagram, uh, I've forgotten our handle, but hold on. I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, what is it? Uh... It's at on Instagram. If you want to follow us at Horror Flicks Podcast. Horror, Horror Flicks Pod Podcast. Flicks is F-L-I-X. So Horror Flicks Podcast. Simple enough. Straightforward. There you have it. And uh, hey, let's see where we go with this thing.